Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode 32 and we're going to take a little bit of a different approach in this podcast. We're really just going to go over some of the investments that we really like, that we've been focusing on, that we talk about within previous podcasts, within our Discord or TikTok and just kind of explain and go over what we like, why we like them and a little bit of the descriptions of um, kind of go over what they're used for, why we like them in terms of the level of diversification in our portfolio. Um, definitely going to jump into crypto, going to get into some altcoins, silver and gold equities, and uh, finish off with kind of the reasons why we do it and why we don't like to keep money, keep all of our money in a bank. So uh, thank you very much for joining us in another podcast, and uh, I'll pass it over on to Nathan. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Date is December 19th. Appreciate the time you've taken with us. So jumping right into it, first and foremost, hopefully you know this already, but we love our cryptocurrency. Uh, we can't get enough of the new future technology. Uh, and the largest frontrunner in that is Bitcoin. It was the first cryptocurrency ever created. It really pioneered the world of blockchain. Big shout out Satoshi Nakamoto. Probably not listening to this, but on the <laughs> off chance he is, I got to shoot my shot. Yo, come on as a guest, love to have you. Yes. <laughs> but one thing that we do recognize with Bitcoin is that within the world of cryptocurrency, it does have its limitations as a means of exchange. It's a little bit slow. It costs a bit much, all relative to how modern cryptocurrencies operate. But within the world of the traditional commercial banking system, way faster than SWIFT. Miles ahead of SWIFT. It's cheaper, it's faster. Can't beat that. It'll happen on out-of-business days. It'll happen on weekends. It'll happen at 3 a.m. SWIFT, Monday to Friday, business hours. That's it. Good luck. That's the only time you'll be getting your money. And uh, So within the realm of it, its use as a transactional basis, it's got its merits compared to traditional finance, but compared to crypto, it's a little bit lackluster. Yeah, also, I think that over time, people are going to be viewing BTC differently. I, I know a lot of people look at it as a digital currency, and there's that uh, argument that, you know, it, it does have very high fees, and compared to some other projects, it does take a long time. It's not as efficient. Um, but I think it will cement its role as basically a store value, gold 2.0, and the way that people perceive Bitcoin will change. So, um, yeah, like you said, well said, I, I think that uh, it does have its limitations, but I, I don't think having an extremely efficient, uh, easy to transfer asset would be, I guess, the best for a store value to some degree, because the fact that it is less transactable makes it more desirable to hold for the long term. So I think there's some benefit there, I guess, to some degree. And um, yeah, uh, did you have anything to add on before we move, move on to the next altcoin, or I guess the first altcoin? Uh, no, nothing else to add on, just that it has, really has that first mover's advantage. So it is the titan of industry within the world of cryptocurrency. And so for our next coin here, we're going to be talking about the number two on the leaderboard of market caps, Ethereum. This one has been around in the market for quite a long time, but we've really seen it blossom within the last couple months or so with the launch of Ethereum 2.0, which fortified its position as a proof of stake protocol. 
and really enables it to fulfill its ability to produce smart contracts to execute them and fill that prototype as programmable money. And just in case you don't know what a smart contract is, it's basically a contract between two people that engage in a transaction and the funds will be exchanged upon meeting the conditions. So one example is Uniswap. Uniswap's liquidity provision is operated on a smart contract. So basically the Uniswap protocol finds a buyer, finds a seller, ensures that they are interested in the same asset and makes it happen. Another application of smart contract is local Bitcoins, a peer-to-peer -peer website where you send Bitcoin to local Bitcoin the person you are receiving from also sends it and upon confirmation that the two have arrived it will match the payment and release them to the respective people super sleek system fully automated fully created through advanced programming don't ask me how they do it i'm not the expert in that regard far beyond my pay grade <laughs> but ethereum here to stay definitely one of the titans of industry yeah, so many projects are also built on top of it. So I think um, if you're trying to find a very stable, high liquid, very well-established project, you really can't go wrong with Ethereum. I would say it's definitely our second pick. BTC, obviously, first mover advantage. It uh, is the entity that created the entire blockchain uh, ecosystem, basically, or the sector we know as today. But um, yeah, Ethereum is definitely second on our list in terms of if you're going to be looking for something, looking for a project, Ethereum is really an absolute beast. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about uh, DeFi. Really, you are basically your own bank to some degree. Um, instead of having one large institution give you some really poor rates, you're able to use different smart contracts in order to kind of um, get the middleman out of the way. So it's just you as well as the person who is looking to... Um, receive a little bit of credit and uh yeah it's pretty phenomenal uh it's 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 really some pretty unbelievable returns on investments that you are able to make just through the different DeFi projects binance is one of them obviously you're using a, a third party there but they do offer some pretty uh aggressive rates nathan what did you exactly have for um one of your binance rois i don't exactly oh remember. yeah when the bnb uh launch pool initially launched on binance I had a 30% APY, which was absolutely a scene. And that kind of, it's come down now because they are flexible depending on basically how much liquidity demand there is, how much supply. So there is a variable aspect to it. But I think that operating staking or DeFi mechanisms through Binance, through Celsius, through these kind of third-party companies, even crypto.com, is a much more sustainable way to do it. Oh yeah, you can even do it through Ledger. Ledger only accepts stable coins, but that way it's pretty much like a savings account, but way better. And I think those are much safer, more legitimate options when compared to going to the deep, dark place of liquidity farming within these decentralized markets. There are so many rug pulls that happen on unsuspecting users. It's very complicated to pull off, usually involves a lot of calculation in terms of your entrance, your exit, your slippage when there's low liquidity, keeping track of what currencies are being used on what exchanges. It can get very exhausting. And I think personally, when it comes to the functional usage for my own financial benefit, 
I would rather have an intermediate manage that aspect of it and stick with the more reputable coins so I can kind of treat it like a savings account. Because it's just a, such a better alternative to having cash in your bank. I'd way rather have that cash in crypto. Crypto is subject to capital gain. And I'm going to stake it so it'll increase in amount. That's just a win-win situation for me, in my opinion. Double compound interest. <laughs> you can't go wrong when it's in a bull run. That is for sure. That is very true. And so uh, just tack on some more altcoins that we like. One that comes to mind, this is a non-exhaustive list. Just wanted to talk about four of our personal favorites. Uh, first is Horizon. I feel like this company or this project has flown underneath the radar in terms of what it can provide and overall usage, I want to say. Because if we look at our homies over at Grayscale, they actually operate a Horizon Trust similar to their Bitcoin Ethereum or Bitcoin Trust or Ethereum Trust. They operate one for Horizon. They also operate one for Ripple, like these really big name cryptos, but you've probably never heard of Horizon. And so just to dive into functionally what it does, it boasts uh, private and covert transactions in a similar mechanism to Monero. Uh, it has a private messaging service where users are anonymous and those messages cannot be saved, stored, or accessed by anyone else. It allows for basically a VPN mechanism for your data exchange to ensure that it is not accessible and readable by other people. And the one of the last applications I want to talk about, it, which I think is very important, especially within the context of 2020 and the way crazy world is headed, is immutable journalism. They have created a platform where things can be published, available to read, and they can't be destroyed because of the decentralized structure. I think that this serves a really important purpose within the realm of how journalists are silenced or news stories are prevented from hitting mass media outlets, that this provides a lot of value for society. Yeah, well said. Extremely important project, I think. Uh, one of my favorites personally is going to be Binance Coin. Uh, one of the reasons why I use Binance, absolutely love it, as well as it just being the largest exchange. Uh, it makes sense to have a little bit, at least a little bit of exposure within um, that massively growing business. CZ is an absolute beast. And I think something that maybe not everyone may realize is when you actually are on Binance, you get a discounted rate fee if you use BNB to pay your overall fees so over it's just creating demand for the overall coin because you need to purchase BNB in order to pay off for the fees right to use BNB for the fees so it's always going to create that demand unlike let's say for example a token that isn't backed by the largest exchange you don't have that increasing or that steady demand it might not be a significant amount but you're still increasing and generating by pressure really just from users that want a discount and that's pretty genius of cz for sure and one other thing is the actual bnb that they are putting out into the marketplace that it's the circulating supply they actually burn some of it i don't exactly know the amount but last quarter they burned around 1.7 percent of the total supply so if you can kind of consider this like a like a share 
uh, outstanding shares are like the float, they're reducing the float. So there's less outstanding shares to some degree if you're looking at it from like the stock world or the, the equity structure of a business. They're reducing the share size or the float. So then if the price is going to be moving up and down and, and going to be volatile, there's more volatility because there is less shares to go around. If there's massive amount of shares outstanding, it's usually less volatile. So they're keeping the coins outstanding or the float size well-structured and, and manageable. So when there is going to be a move and, and a very aggressive push, it, it's not going to, um, I guess, be as conservative. So there's going to be a more potential for a massive upside. And you're not getting diluted if you're going to be a long-term investor, which is obviously very useful because they're uh, not just, you know, selling out their company to some degree by just, you know, basically selling as many BNB tokens as they want, which generates the company and the exchange money. But then in the end, the investors lose a lot because they get diluted. So um, they're not doing that. They're keeping it very tight by burning like 1.4%. Um, in the previous quarter is 1.69. So they're burning around like 1.7% a quarter. So definitely a really good project overall. Agreed. Can't get enough of that. BNB with CZ. CZ's the definitely one of the forerunners within the world of crypto. He's a pioneer, let's call it. And so for our next project we want to talk about, it's Chainlink. This is a project that basically works hand in hand with smart contracts. It is what is called an Oracle project. Basically, it allows for integration of outside data sources into smart contracts so that they can operate and function properly, even if it's something as, I mean, I saw one example where a smart contract was dependent on the weather and that uh, Chainlink was being used to integrate forecast information from a weird place on the internet. <laughs> but I think there's more functional purposes when it comes to financial markets like integrating stock and equity data currency prices commodity prices commodity prices stuff like that uh, and so again chainlink and smart contracts work hand in hand chainlink basically is an oracle project to move outside of the contract and bring that data in for proper functioning and the last altcoin we are going to be talking about today is uni UNI Uniswap. This is a similar idea to what Keith was talking about with Binance. We were kind of owning pseudo equity in that corporation, that company, that service provider. But instead of Binance, it's Uniswap. Because Uniswap, I think, is the leader within the world of decentralized exchanges. And I think, in light of the KYC changes that are happening in the States with regulation coming in, people demanding that high level of de-animification and that providing proof of who you are and what you do, I think that decentralized exchanges are going to play an important role because they're more or less immune to them because they're not really conducting business. It's more just connecting a peer to a fellow peer looking to sell an altcoin. And so I think that by owning Uni, you're basically believing in that decentralized system as well as decentralized finance, DeFi, one of the buzzwords in crypto for 2020, I would say. Yeah, definitely uh, getting exposure on some of that would be 
similar to BNB and a really good project overall, really good opportunity in my opinion. Um, just four, uh, we do have other altcoins that we are looking at, but uh, if you do want us to dive a little bit deeper into maybe one of them or have another altcoin that you want us to cover, definitely drop them in the comments or let us know. And then, uh, yeah, we could uh, dive, dive deep into another project. But we're going to stop there with the altcoins and we're going to switch over and uh, change gears into a completely different asset class, something that has been around uh, not since the dawn of time, but uh, for thousands and thousands of years. And that would be really sound money. Uh, and that would be gold and silver. So we've been talking about sound money, gold and silver for quite a quite a while, really, as uh, kind of Performante grew from inception. And they've been in a bear market for over five years. 2011 was the high of gold from the two, early 2000s all the way to 2011. It was basically a decade-long bull market. And since 2011, not a lot of interest has been emerging or has really even been present in the gold, silver kind of commodities sector. But after the $1,400 break in gold, we really started to see a massive bullish push in gold and then silver followed suit shortly after. So why are we interested in these? Um, in short, we gotta <laughs> keep it somewhat short, but uh, we've seen something like this happen before. And I'm gonna go a little bit in depth into the global macro, just talking about the history that we've saw back in the kind of 1920s all the way until the 1940s when interest rates were dropping further and further, um, basically to the lowest point that they've ever reached at around 2%. And that was from 1940 to 1950. So basically 10 years, we had extremely low interest rates because we, A, we had a lot of debt to pay off from World War II, right? They, they can't pay it off. And a lot of businesses are surviving due to this cheap money. And at a certain point, you're going to get a run from the dollar due to inflation. That's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, people had different reasons due to the oil crisis and all that stuff, but it was inflation. The dollar was weakening because they cut the relationship between gold and the U.S. dollar completely in 1971. So what we're seeing right now, in my opinion, is very similar in terms of the interest rates, in terms of the easy money and what happened during that massive run of inflation after the low interest rate period back in the 40s to 50s was gold went from, let's say, $300 to around $1,800. And that's in a market cap that's $9 trillion. So now we're talking about BTC following suit in terms of sound money bullishness and overall interest from investors because the native currency for the United States is devaluing at such a fast rate. So right now it's like 360 billion, 360 billion dollars or something around around the lines of that in terms of the market cap. So we have such a smaller market cap to work with and we're dealing with a much bigger issue in terms of the debt and we're at zero interest rates. So we previously it was at 2 and now we're at zero. Where it's it basically free at this point and we have such uh, exorbitant amounts of debt in companies that are perceived to be so valuable but can't make a profit. So uh, we do harp on different subjects from time to time, but I think a lot of the conversation that me and Nathan have kind of revolve around a similar topic and um, hopefully we've conveyed that really well, but that's the overarching reason why we like gold and silver is we've seen it happen before, even looking back at previous timeframes in Germany, right? Um, 
it, it's happened so many times. Um, but now we have BTC, we have cryptocurrencies. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, progression as to where the capital will flow. But time, time again, when there is a currency crisis, people go to gold and silver, sound money. So if BTC, if somehow cryptocurrency fails, that's going to be basically the backup plan for our sound money strategies. So I think it's good to diversify in them um, to some degree. Although we do see some pretty influential people within the space, they basically take money out of gold and put it in BTC. So um, I'm personally a lot, a lot more exposed to crypto, so that's good news. But I think having some exposure in the most historic sound money uh, assets is definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, we're really playing the game of accumulation with these sound monies. But realistically, I think that there at this moment in time is a higher upside to crypto than to the more traditional gold and silver. And so just to wrap that up, we really like crypto. We really like silver and gold. Those encompass our sound monies. And we like those because they benefit in situations where the dollar expands and because they gain in value. It's a store of value. And so with the last thing we want to talk about is equities. We want to talk about equities because we think that as the Fed continues their nefarious operations and currency expands, we are going to continue to see an artificial inflation of asset prices as we have already seen in 2020 with the expansion of currency that we have witnessed. Uh, we've seen massive unprecedented increases in the evaluation of index funds specifically the NASDAQ and all of the tech companies within it. I think that's something that most people can agree upon is that these tech companies, like the five or six largest companies in the world, I'm looking at Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Google. Even Tesla's had a good year, but they're not at all the way up. But if you exclude those companies from the S&P 500, that index is down for the year. If you include them, it's up around 36%, which is absolutely obscene that these massive conglomerates are having such a skew effect. But ultimately, as that currency expands, a rising tide brings all boats up. That's just kind of the name of the game. As currency expands, things are gonna get more expensive. And that definitely applies to the equity market. But with that being said, with the way that we play the equity market, we are more interested in income producing assets. Dividends are great. Specifically, we think that there are some Canadian bank stocks that pay attractive dividends because they have that long track record. And it's almost kind of a hedge to our aggressive, our aggressive stake in crypto, let's call it. But more broadly beyond that is index funds. Index funds are a great supplemental source of income. And like we've been talking about, as that currency expands, it is going to make index funds more expensive, which is great because we get that double compound interest again. We have assets that are increasing in value and those same assets are generating us income. That's a win-win situation for everyone. Yeah, and uh, we do definitely diversify even in the equities, uh, looking at 
I guess, more conservative, uh, even like VT was the world index, S&P, NASDAQ. Um, I would classify these as somewhat, yes, risk on, but definitely more conservative than crypto. But if you are looking to get some exposure in the realm of equities in crypto, we do have things like Neptune Dash, which we talk about a lot, Riot, Mara, and we have gone over Grayscale's funds. Or if you're looking for single asset exposure, they have things like GBTC or their Ethereum fund. And, and Nathan did go over the Horizon fund that they have, which is pretty interesting as well. But um, yeah, I, to be completely honest, I'm not extremely interested in equities. Like I do have exposure and, and I, I think they're extremely useful tools. But um, crypto, gold and silver is my personal go-to. I think just because with, with the current global macro... Um, situation we're seeing in the structure of i i think where it's going in terms of the inflation in terms of what we're what we saw in the 70s especially late 70s coming into fruition yet again in our lifetimes i, I think um that's going to be where where a lot of the capital is going to be flowing so um that's kind of our, our our focus but uh you know equities will rise as well just with inflation but at a certain point it's actually going to be affecting the economy because it's going to be so hard to calculate the prices and it's going to be hard to have price adjustments so quickly with the dollar decreasing in value so fast that when we saw in the later 70s, uh, let's say for the Dow Jones, we actually saw a flattening for a long consolidation or a stagnation um, where there's high inflation, but there is rising unemployment just because there's so much. It's not great for the economy in short. We're not going to get too into it, but that's at a point where the economy is suffering, but sound money is booming because of the dollar devaluing so fast and the perspective of people shifts and they say, oh, wow, we can't use this fiat currency. We have to switch into something that's, that's going to hold its value a little bit more. Um, not great for the economy, but great for the people who are positioned in a place from uh, sound money bullishness, basically. So... Yeah, definitely something that we're going to be looking at in a little bit. Also, something to note, if you are interested in, let's say, gold and silver, GDX, GDXJ, which is the juniors for the miners. GDX is just the miners, and the juniors are more speculative, obviously. And then SIL, if you are interested in silver, that uh, those are some pretty good options there. As well as if you are looking to understand what the U.S. dollar is, because we do talk about it, and some people are like, where do we find just the representation of the US dollar because you know if you're trying to understand where the US dollar is you have to compare it to something so then do you compare it to the euro or the yen or you know what do you compare it to right so then dxy is the comparison between the US dollar and all other major currencies combined it, it does have a different composition it's not like all equal the euro actually is 60% so dxy is like a reverse chart of the euro usd to some degree, um, but right now, super bearish. If you wanna be keeping track of where the US dollar is to see its demise, check out DXY on the ticker symbol on TradingView. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch that on the one minute chart, the play-by-play -play of the US market dying. Can't, uh, can't get anything better than that. But I think just to kind of formalize the ideas we've been talking about, we like our sound money, that being crypto, silver, and gold. We like our equities. But one of the key proponents of how we kind of adopt this with our own life is trying to keep a low amount in the bank. We're not getting any return 
we're getting very poor rates. We have high fees for management. We'd rather aggressively keep our money in assets. Really starting with those kind of nominal investments like crypto, gold, silver equities. But real estate is realistically the place that we like to keep our money just because it is a long-term game. At least here in Vancouver, like land is gold. Not in the literal sense, but we live in a very desirable place to live. And having that basically place to call home is the best move from the financial perspective. And who knows, we like to dwell in our basements. It's safe down here. You know how it is. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's something that we're definitely eyeing up in, in terms of uh, investments, opportunities, and where we live. It uh, is, is pretty all-encompassing. It's surrounding. A lot of people have made fortunes within BC, especially the lower mainland, just through real estate because the prices of assets have gone up so substantially. And yes, I do think that um, it can. you could kind of argue that it's unjustifiable, but I think when you come here, you can kind of understand why it's such a beautiful place to live and why people so many, so many people want to live here and makes it a little bit more justifiable, I would say. But um, yeah, definitely, it's a, it's a big man. It, can't really say it's a big man's asset class, but uh, it's a asset class that requires significant capital and it doesn't take much screwing up to really put yourself in the hole. So you really have to make good quality decisions. Um, it, it's definitely a, a step up from, let's say, if you're just like short-term trading in crypto with like a few thousand dollars, obviously. But I think it's something that a lot of people should pay attention to because it's an extremely lucrative income producing asset that is, like Nathan said, for the long term, it's for the long game. And you could pass it down through generations and um, there, there's definitely a lot of upside in that even now i would say and if there is inflation then it's going to go up with all the other asset all the other assets and their prices so uh, you're pretty well safe from that as well but to kind of end it off a little bit cheesy uh <laughs> we thought it was uh, a good way to end off the podcast our favorite investment that we've ever made is in ourselves through self-education and that could be from podcasts from books from videos um really from from anywhere however you consume your content it could be audiobooks physically reading it blog posts videos on youtube videos that you purchase through um, paid platforms whatever the case may be the desire to learn is by far the most important aspect in order to live a fruitful life in my opinion if you don't have the ability to get up in the morning and motivate yourself to um, learn. It's not all going to be fun. Some of it's going to be dry, boring. It's going to be challenging to focus maybe sometimes, but at the end of the day, um, having the inner motivation to persevere through those challenges and um, consume as much quality information as you can is extremely vital. Like input in is input out or output, right? Input is output. You got to have good quality information going in your brain in order to make quality decisions, in order to um, basically live your best life. And I would say investing in, in your life, investing in yourself is never a bad choice. So uh, thank you very much for listening. It's definitely a little bit of a different podcast. I will definitely uh, hand it over on to Nathan. He is a, is a god with uh, the audiobooks. He crushes so many. So uh, <laughs> I'll uh, pass it over on to Nathan to uh, finish off the episode. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone, to the 31st episode of the Performante Podcast. Wherever you may be on planet Earth, we wish you the best. Stay safe, everyone.